1: So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
2: Hi, everyone. It's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the eternal tavern keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about Divisor, a podcast on the RQ Network. Divisor is a dark science fiction audio drama with elements of horror from Harlan Guthrie, the mastermind behind the unsettling and addictive series Malevolent. In this immersive tale, we follow Sun, a young man who awakens aboard a spaceship bound for Earth on a mission to recolonize a desolate planet. However, Sun's journey takes a sinister turn and he discovers unsettling truths about his world and himself. The entire series is available for you to listen to now. Search for Divisor wherever you listen to podcasts. That's D-E-V-I-S-E-R. Or visit www.divisor.ca or www.rustyquill.com for more information.
0: Hi folks, Lydia here, voice of Melanie King on the Magnus Archives. I'm here to tell you about today's sponsor, Monty Cook Games and The Devil Made Us Do It, live, right now, on Kickstarter. You are a liar, a thief from the future whose lies bend reality, making every job go perfectly but someone's telling bigger lies, world-ending lies, and you've got to stop them. The driver, the hacker, the mastermind, the brute. A heist is only as good as the crew, and this crew can bend reality itself. When you play Stealing Stories from the Devil, you pull off the perfect heist every time. Stealing Stories from the Devil offers unprecedented player agency and collaborative adventure building, which makes this TTRPG perfect for a zero-prep game night. Find out more at mymcg.info slash Rusty Quill. That's mymcg.info slash Rusty Quill.
3: Hello and welcome to the uh, Magnus Archives Mothership RPG Special Part 3. I am your, oh, in this game, Warden, Ooh. which is their Ooh. fun games master of terminology. Ooh. Ben Meredith, I play Elias. It's the third part of this. You've listened to the Magnus Archives. You know what's up. Who's with me?
0: Hey! hey. Oh, you mental. all right
3: actual Oh, it's, yeah, no. Well, also, who is
4: with me? <laughs> oh. <cry>. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Johnny. Hello.
0: I'm Lydia, I played Melanie and now I am playing an android Woo!
5: Alex, I play Martin and I am still playing the goodest boy Good soft boy Canonically I am You have a patch, that's what it says
3: According to the patch Self-assigned good boy, Dr Alabaster Arthochoke
5: Look, okay, I'm the only one with written proof that I am a good (laughs) person, okay? So, just saying
3: We shall see But yes, when last we left, you had just navigated through a sort of floating debris field of warehouse kind of slash greenhouse that had been going on. Got to a field of horrible mould with translucent tendrils, explored one of the tendrils, and it tried to jab at 0170701's hand. It was like a little squid thing. It was like a little Vantablack squid, little translucent antennae on top probably the kind of thing that might be a bit cute in a different context but
0: it may be an appropriate time to work under the assumption that these creatures and or biological organisms of another kind are in fact hostile
5: Retreat, retreat, retreat. Definitely retreat, retreat. Don't run forward, run backwards. Well, float back.
3: If this is a good cultural reference, or at least the audience, you could Google it. These things are like a ten-legged mimic from the video game Prey. Ugh, how
0: scary.
3: Video games are sad. After this thing kind of makes a weird squeal after failing to jab 0170701 in the hand, three more of them kind of like float up around you. And they do look like they're swimming in water, so they're kind of pushing their tendrils about to kind of propel themselves through the, you know, pseudo-atmosphere in this room.
0: I prep my gun and aim at one. You have a single chance to step down. I consider this behaviour an action of
3: threat. Okay, well, I think one of them is going to not heed you and try and make an attack, so can you please make me an armour save?
5: They didn't heed you? What?!
3: No, and then I'm going to quickly look up who gets to go first, but I feel like this is a good intro to, like, the fight kicking off. Oh, I'm still rolling like bums. I fail by 31.
0: Combat. Yes, I've rolled
4: under it.
3: woo Delightful. Oh, in which case, I think with a successful check, it attacks you and it genuinely just bounces off of your uh, battle dress. I'll be honest, I have been
4: struggling a little bit with this horror scenario just because it's lunchtime on a really lovely day. Yes.
5: (laughs) No, you will all stay inside and play your games. But I want to go to the park and run around. (laughs) Stop running around and going out playing and having fun with your friends. You'll stay in and play games (laughs) on your computer for hours.
3: (laughs) (sighs) Yes, father. (laughs) So, in who goes first, now that the fight has, like, kicked off appropriately, everybody can make me a speed check. Those of you who succeed get to go before the enemies. Those who fail go after. If you
5: have tactics
3: as a skill, you can add this to your speed check. I fail.
5: Okay. I succeed. Oh, there's no chance I'm getting this. Oh, my speed's 17 and I've rolled 19. Whoa. So that's a fail.
3: Okay. Zero one seven zero seven zero one is acting before the squiddlers. Vanta squids is what I'm gonna call them, why not? So they are apparently branded, because that is a brand name. <laughs> <laughs> Vanta squid T M. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and then Carter and Alabaster are going afterwards.
0: I'm gonna shoot the one that attacked me.
3: So You get two significant actions in your turn. Mm. That's quite loose, but the examples it gives is like attacking, bandaging a wound, checking vital signs, manoeuvring a vehicle, opening an airlock, you know, that kind of stuff.
0: Yep. I'm going to shoot the one that attacks
3: me. Great. So you make a combat check, and then it makes its armour check.
0: Ooh. I rolled under my combat.
3: Oh, so you succeed. Mm. Great. Always the turn of surprise. Yeah, I mean, in these percentile systems, it is a bit of like a, I actually succeed.
0: Well, I mean, my combat's 44, so it's nearly a 50-50 chance.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: You're like, I regret that.
3: <laughs> what weapon do you have?
0: I've got an SMG, which is, I believe, a gun.
3: It is, and it does deal 4d10 damage, so please roll me 4d10.
0: Okay that is a total of 14. I managed to get a 1 a 2 and a 3. Ouch. And an 8, but really that doesn't make up for the rest.
3: Ah uh, well. You spray your bullets at this thing, the thing that like I'm assuming try to attack you because it's the closest. Your bullets like splatter into it and it almost splatters like paint. But it doesn't disintegrate or explode or do whatever these things do when they die, but it looks deeply hurt oh. and not emotionally physically. <laughs>
5: I'd feel emotionally hurt if you shot me with a gun. I'd feel a bit hurt. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Well, these things don't. Try and give someone a standard spiky hello and then they throw lumps of metal at you.
3: It's nonsense. Pretty rude. Right, it retaliates at you, Lid, because now it's the monster's go. There are four of these things. So again, I would like an armour save from you, please.
0: Oh, dear. Okay, so that's 53... And my armour is 35.
3: Okay, so that is a failure and it for once succeeds, so it will deal you four damage. Like its tendrils start to like jab into you and Ugh. just start slicing and tearing as it can. These things aren't huge, which is why it's not doing a massive amount of damage. They're probably the kind of thing where if they swarmed, they might be a problem.
0: That doesn't sound nice.
3: Yeah, speaking of, Alabaster, you are being faced down by two of these things. And they are both going to try and strike at you. So I would like two armor checks from you, please.
5: Little did they know, I am weak. Yeah. (laughs) They will hurt me. So armor checks. All right.
3: Yeah, so the first one succeeds by eight for me.
5: Oh, I succeed. I rolled a seven and my armor's 30. So I succeeded by 23. Fine, you rebuff the first attack and the second one. I write them a sternly worded letter saying no. (coughs) Succeeds by eight again. I miss by 24. I was very lucky once. (laughs) That second one does actually
3: manage to hurt you, dealing four damage. Both of these things, they push their tendrils sort of together to make a spear, almost a spearhead, and uh, propel themselves at you. You manage to dodge one, and the other one slashes you in the side. No! And then the last one is sort of approaching Carter. And in the Malay you've seen them, like, try and stab and and slice at people. You're prepared for that. But this one instead sort of spins and you can't quite say, but almost like a cloud of ink. Uh. It kind of
5: expresses a cloud of pure darkness onto you. No, no, this is a good thing. They've been hurt and now they're expressing themselves. Yeah. And uh, I'd like a fear save from you, please.
4: That is... Not a success. Okay. It's not a critical, but it
3: is pretty bad. 87 over 35. Oof. This deals 1d10 stress at you, because Ooh. I'm the warden and I can do what I want. You take 7 stress as you are... Oh, my... Oh, goodness. And the reason this is so horrifying is that you are enveloped by absolute darkness, just completely. Like, it blocks out sight and sound. It imbues you with this sense of just utter solitude in a way that is almost indescribably terrifying right it is literally otherworldly and i think with seven stress in one go i want you to make a panic check i've panicked (laughs) okay right there we go so what does a teamster do when they panic it just says
4: once per session a teamster may re-roll a roll on the panic effect table I think the
3: idea is that a team's is actually comparatively controlled because they're very practical Yes Make me a roll of 2d10 That's 17 17 You are potentially afflicted by a crippling fear Gain a new permanent phobia When you encounter this phobia make a fear save at disadvantage or gain 1d10 stress Oh yeah that is an element of the game that I completely forgot about Advantage and disadvantage It's like a d and d fifth. You roll 2d100s and take the best or worst result there are two elements here that you can do. So first of all, you have resolve starts at zero, and I'm not giving you any, so that's fine. We're ignoring resolve for now. I'm just straight up. Ah! Like full screams, lots of screams. Cool. Your allies looking over. This is not just a, like a psychological effect. You can see Carter's legs in this cloud of pure darkness, like flailing about.
5: Ah!
4: I'm now obviously scared of the dark.
5: Oh, you don't want to be scared of the dark in space? Mm. Oh, no. No, Alex. You're quite right. I don't want to be scared of the dark
3: in space. (laughs) The panic effect wasn't pick your favourite phobia. (laughs) Um. Sorry,
5: that tickles me. You have a new phobia. I'm afraid of whales. With an H or without? (laughs) (laughs) They're both a good answer. (laughs) I
4: decided I'm now scared of the sea. (laughs) It's a very common phobia. I don't know what you're all... It is, it
3: is. You know... (laughs) <laughs> Thalassophobia. I mean ooh. You're scared of the dark I'm scared of the dark Yeah I was going to go into a tangent You're scared of the dark That's fine Not having a good time However What happens when you resolve the panic effect To the right and add your current stress Oh add your current stress No I'm wrong Sorry Because of the way the game works What was your current stress I believe it was 11 And you rolled 17 Yes So it's actually a 28 Oh no Oh no You die <laughs> okay no but that oh wow that escalates quickly i did not expect because 30 plus you just have a heart attack and die
5: (laughs) oh my god you got
3: got 28 i've
4: played a lot of savage worlds and there's a fear table on that and yeah
3: like it's surprisingly often that you're just like heart attack you're dead oh my god but you actually got descent into madness you get two new phobias would you like to also be scared of the sea yeah please (laughs) okay and your stress cannot be relieved below five now Okay, grand. Feeling
5: real glad I gave you a whole load of meds to deal with this.
3: Don't
4: worry, I'm going
3: to be dosing up with packs very shortly.
5: The second that we're not in a vacuum, we're going to be taking so many drugs. Oh no.
3: I was going to say, actually, yeah, that's true. You don't lose any stress, you're still as stressed. It's not a release valve, it just escalates until it goes wrong. <laughs>
5: yep.
3: So, absolutely screaming the blue blazes. However, we've dealt with you, so let's go back to Alabaster. What would Alabaster like to do?
5: How many of these things are there?
3: There are four. One of them is severely hurt, and three of them seem fine.
5: Are there any loose crates or loose sides of crates or anything that could be used as a makeshift shield? Because I am not good at hurting things.
3: Yes. Would you like to, in fact, push a piece of debris at these things and hope they get squashed?
5: What I was going to suggest is pushing some debris and then try and, like, pull us along in its wake, if you see what I mean. Oh, yeah, Okay. It's less trying to smoosh them and more just like, push you away without touching you, please. Go away. Shoo, shoo, go away. Personal space. In which case,
3: yes, there is a reasonably sized container that you reckon in this sort of low-gravity situation you could push. So I would like a body check from you to push it in the direction that you want.
5: should have taken the drugs prior to coming in here. I was like, no, don't do that, Alex. That'd be crazy. Sorry, not body strength, because bodies are safe. That's even worse. Okay. Oh, no. Not even a little bit, no.
3: Is it just a flat failure?
5: It's just a flat failure by, like, 30... Yeah, you push this
3: thing and you do get it to go, but you heave so much it just goes off into a random direction and kind of floats away into the room. You do have another significant action available to you.
5: I'm going to assume that we're not going to win this fight. How far is it to get past these, if you see what I mean? Do I look closer to the opposite end? Or do I look like a retreat is more likely?
3: No, so you are about 75% of the way across this large space, so it's much easier. And, like, they're not creating a perimeter. Yeah, yeah. It's that, you know, you've, you've started to get into sort of this area and it's they popped up randomly.
5: Does the airlock on the other side of them look smushed in or functional? first impressions. First impressions, it looks okay. I am going to try and drag all three of us through them because if we retreat, we're going to suffocate anyway so I'm just going to try and just mad dash us through because we are all attached on a rope. Mm. Fine. Speed check, I think,
3: because I've got a feeling that Carter will not be putting up any reasonable resistance right now. No. The
4: thing is, I was going to make my action. Is there an escape pod? I want to run towards the escape pod, but now it's very much like I am stood here, screaming... Because I'm both terrified of the actual dark and imagining the sea. Just imagine the sea.
5: I picked the right dice here, by which I mean I don't think I've rolled lower than an 80 almost all game. 95 on my speed check. Okay, you start trying to run,
3: and it is like moving through treacle. In fact, Carter has not disengaged one of his mag boots, so you're kind of you're <laughs> able to do it a little bit, but the mag boot is like scraping along. Help! Me! I'm also, let's say the rope for 0170701 is still a uh, slightly slack but obviously the Android will have to go with you as well I'm not assuming either way, but
5: yeah an excellent, excellent turn. I love it.
3: Okay. Oh, hang on. These are squids, so yeah, I am also scared of the ocean. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Good shout. But it is actually now Carter's turn. The horrifying ink cloud has dissipated slightly, so that it's like you're, it's still quite dark, but the effect of just absolute impossible nothingness is gone past.
4: I'm going to be waving my crowbar around wildly, just anything that's
3: nearby, indiscriminate violence. I think, given the context, that is the thing that's inked in your face, so I think make a combat check against that. That is 15 under. That's a success. Oh, excellent. Yep, yeah, and it's uh, this is only 9 under, so it's also a success, but less of a success. So, yes, deal your crowbar damage. Six. Okay. This thing gets batted and starts floating away.
4: I've got another action, right? Yes. And Alabaster's trying to drag me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to hit him as well. Sure just because, you know... Johnny doesn't like me, never has.
0: Not waiting for, like, a critical failure or anything, just bang.
4: I mean, that's one of the two things that is touching me, has been dealt with.
0: No, it makes sense. It makes absolute sense.
4: It's, it's a 21 over, so I failed quite badly. You should be fine, Alex.
3: But make an armour check. Save. Sorry, not, not a check, a save.
5: <laughs> should be fine. I am swapping to other dice just to prove... <laughs> I rolled a Nine. Oh, wow. Woo! So I've got my bad dice for when I want to fail. (laughs) And I've got my good dice over here for when I want to succeed. Confirmation
3: bias is a hell of a drug. (laughs) you successfully managed to dodge out of the way. It's pretty obvious that this is not malicious intent from Carter. It's like... Blind panic. Well, no. Sorry, I've said that on Carter's behalf. Is it malicious or is it just your plain old freak out?
4: Uh... So, like, 80-20? Okay. Carter doesn't like alabaster... He probably realises it's alabaster. He could fully stop the swing, but he's like... Instead, he just doesn't quite, you know...
5: (laughs) The worst thing that would happen is there's one slightly creepy person removed from the equation. I get it.
3: Yeah. So we are back round to 0170701, who's acting before the enemies. To give you a reasonable lay of the land, the one that Carter has hit with a crowbar is kind of careening off across the room and doesn't appear to be making massive efforts (laughs) yeah to stop itself from going the one that retaliated against you or attempted is now trying to sort of swim away for lack of a better word but the ones that are on alabaster are still engaged and aggressive
0: can I disengage Carter's mag boot is there an obvious button to press I could run them out of here
3: Oh, I see. Well, actually, I think at this point Carter's mag boots aren't engaged because of the movement towards Alabaster and, like, the frenzied attempt to bonk.
5: Yeah. To kill me! Well,
0: then, yes, I'm going to try and run pulling the rope to, quote-unquote, safety. (laughs) Being uh, security, I have assessed the situation and it is not going well.
3: So are you almost, like, picking Carter up bodily?
0: Yeah, let's do that. Let's grab him. It's low gravity, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to grab him by the legs. So he tips backwards and is pulled forward. So his head then comes out of the absolute darkness is the hope.
4: I knew it. Sure. I knew the government had sent this
3: robot to betray us. That's it.
0: I'm being a hero. Mm. I'm just logically assessing the situation and doing the thing that requires the fewest moves.
3: So make me a strength check, but in the spirit of engaging with the systems and good justification with the low gravity, roll with advantage. So that means roll the d 100 twice and choose the best.
4: Ooh! Hooray!
0: What is this? That's a 75. That's not good. It does not go well.
3: Okay. So, yeah, you're all kind of next to each other. 0170701 has attempted to pick up Carter and is not able to. I'm a heavy lad. So, you're kind of all like clumped together in a bit of a grapply melee, to be honest. It's a bit of a mess.
0: Really hope that that gives disadvantage to anyone trying to attack us.
3: I think
4: probably the other thing.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Although, that was one move, you have another significant action, so if you want to, you could fire SMG at another
5: squid.
0: I will do that. I will fire me gun. Okay, It's what I'm here for.
5: You sure you don't want to finish what Johnny started, kill my character before we even encounter anything else?
0: <laughs> no, but I will shoot the squid that's nearest your head, with the expectation that if I fail critically, it may shoot your head
4: understood yeah
0: you know cinematic
4: isn't it fun to deniably try and kill Alex
5: comes up surprisingly often
0: ah uh, I didn't unfortunately I rolled a 16 so I succeed
3: by 28. oh wow I succeeded by 19 not by 28 though so yes I uh, roll 4010 and uh, shoot one of these squids which is threatening the group
0: cool total 29.
3: It pops. Woo! You splatter it and then it just kind of sadly and wetly bursts. As it's obviously its integrity has been damaged to the point where it's just like it can't hold itself together anymore. The horror. The remaining squid thing that isn't running away or hasn't burst is going to attempt to slash at 0170701 as the greatest threat in the area. That makes sense. And whiffs it horrifically. Fail by 45.
0: I rolled a one, so oh. under armor, I've succeeded by 34. Do I succeed so much that I end up, like, I reflect the damage back at it? <laughs> you and I are playing such radically different games right now. I'm competent until I get killed, I think, is how this character in an action horror plays out, right? Like, pew, 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 and then something happens that means i have to stay behind
4: yeah i was doing fine until suddenly i was doing the exact opposite of doing fine
0: <laughs> the darkness of emptiness of being
3: <laughs> but no this thing is not having a good old time it bounces off of you and we move on to alabaster's go how many are left uh, one two are running away one's been burst how big are they i don't really have a sense of scale here
5: oh yeah sorry they're about the size of a fist they're not massive
3: Yeah, they're tiny and adorable.
5: Are there any, like, buckets around the place or something that looked like I could do a cheeky scoop and, like, you know the way you catch your spider under a cup? Cheeky scoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A cheeky low-gravity scoop using a big old bucket for what is ostensibly, to me, a big spider.
0: Are there any helmets hanging around on the walls?
5: Not in here, actually,
3: because it's the warehouse area, so it's not for personnel.
0: Just wanted to set it up to be a helmet, be put on someone's head for later, you
3: know? Oh, let's see, sand it then. Yes, there was a consignment of helmets, which has burst open of a shipping container. So it's just a bunch of random helmets. So that is the bucket, in fact, that you find.
5: (laughs) Can I helmet other problem, then? Can I attempt to helmet the problem?
3: Yes, I think that's a speed check, given you're trying to, like, agilely, like, scoop it into the, the
5: aperture and get rid of it. I love that I keep leaning so hard on my absolute worst skill by an enormous margin. Oh, crit fail. Excellent. He said, with a weird joy... I like crits. Good crits and bad crits, I like crits. And by the way, by a crit fail, my speed's 17 and I rolled an 88. So it's really quite horrendous crit fail.
3: Oh, I know what you do. Okay, so you scoop and it goes in. You get it in and you're like,
5: yes, yes.
3: But then because of the weird gravity, you kind of over-commit to the swing and end up effectively just throwing it into your own face. (laughs) Scoop! (laughs) It's exactly that. I am a genius. Oh, no!
4: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you've got daggers in your face.
3: Well, no, worse. Obviously, as some sort of fear response, it does the ink at you.
5: Save us from our problems, lit.
3: <laughs> but it's, like, in your eyes, because I don't want to utterly misery Johnny and probably give his character a heart attack immediately by doing that again. We'll have some consequences, not some just death right now. So, yeah, it's like a channel of darkness which is sprayed into your own face.
5: It's fine. It's, it's really easy, right? I scoop with the helmet, over-gauge it, and I do manage to pin it to my face plate. Uh, Bear with me. And then you can panic me all you want, and I can let go, and it's back out. Job done.
3: <laughs> sure, yes. This is working in an instant. But you gain yourself... Oh, no, make me a fear safe.
5: I don't want to. <laughs> Oh, fail by about 40. The way you said that, it sounded like you'd only just failed. Yeah. (laughs) I missed my numbers. I got my numbers backwards. I thought I got like a 7, but I didn't. I got a 70.
3: (laughs) Nice. You gain yourself a cool 7 stress. (laughs) And make me a panic check, as you are also consumed by just the unending terror of the void.
5: (laughs) Okay oh he rolls 14 with 12 stress
3: you go down to 11 stress then because you've successfully passed that panic check and yeah there is a moment of like you get that thing where like it feels like all of your internal organs are trying to force themselves out of your mouth and you manage to fight that feeling back down and just because you do the thing of like carter didn't have a moment but you just wait like an actual second and the effect fades slightly it's now just very dark
5: Well, if nothing else, the fascination of a new and unexplored life form does help to counteract things just a little bit. Yeah, sure, if that's how you want to deal with it. Oh, I could post-rationalise anything you throw at me. Don't worry about that. Hey, Carter, your go. I'd like to
4: take some drugs and run for an escape pod. Perfect. Yeah, sure thing. I'm in a vac suit, so I will probably be stabbing the needle through the vac suit. Yeah, fine.
5: I gave him two auto
4: meds, two pain pills and two stim packs. I'm going to be sticking me with a stim pack.
3: Are there escape pods, Ben? Actually, I would like an intellect engineering check, actually, from you. Or mechanical repair. Okay, cool. If it's engineering, I get plus 15. If it's mechanical repair, I get plus 10. Let's say engineering. Basically, you've seen enough of the hilltop to try and guess at the pattern of this ship. Because you don't have escape pods on your freighter, but the hilltop might oh okay
4: well 39 and a 40 so i succeed by
3: one excellent yes you are pretty sure that this is a theta pattern which do include escape pods in the wreck area which is just behind the cockpit which means that you're heading towards like your engines are assumedly its cockpit so if there are escape pods they'll be that way brilliant well i'm drugged up and ready to sprint cool what does a stim pack do?
0: Oh, I've got it open, in fact.
3: Oh, perfect. What does this pack do?
0: It grants an immediate 2d10 to health and temporarily increases strength and combat by 2d10 each for 1d10 hours.
5: Okay. And I apologise, by the way, 0170701, 0, 0, because I assume these things don't work on androids, but I could be wrong.
0: I think they do, because I've got a pack of six. It doesn't say it doesn't work on
3: androids.
5: If it doesn't say it doesn't work, then it's all good. Oh, great.
3: Robbie 2d10, Johnny. Yes, that was an 11. Good. So get plus 11 to your strength in combat. Yeah. D10 hours is irrelevant for the timescales of this adventure.
0: (coughs) We will be dead by then.
3: Yeah. Okay, cool. In which case, make me a strength check to just book it, and effectively, in your panic, you're attempting to just take the people with you because you're tied to them.
5: I was going to say, I love the idea of us just like flailing like a comet tail behind. He's not trying to help, but we are tied to him.
3: (laughs) That is 30 under 61. You just go and to a certain extent I don't actually know how much the others are resisting
0: I don't think I can
3: (laughs) resistance is futile
0: I'm not going to but I would like to be shooting as I go like when it gets to my turn and we're still moving
3: sure you pull everyone and yourself just straight through like just through this mold you're kicking up clouds of it fortunately the things which were the fronds have already revealed themselves to be upsetting and you've been dealing with them so you're just kicking your way through you kick something soft which you're just not paying any attention to yeah don't care don't care you just go straight through it, and you end up at the airlock, which you're now oh, airlock door, which you're now heaving at in a panic. That is your turn, which means that Alabaster's gone, Carter's gone. It is now. 0170701's go. The only remaining enemy is stuck to Alabaster's helmet.
5: Shoot it! Shoot it with your gun!
0: I will wait, is it in this helmet that's attached to you? Could
5: I grab it and throw it? So I'm pinning it to my head because better pinned to my head than floating free. That's the situation. It's pinned to my face. So
3: you can kind of see
5: this thing scrabbling around inside through the helmet visor. (laughs) I'm banking on my helmet and the helmet doing something.
0: Well, I think that's foolish, so I'm going to grab the helmet and throw the thing back into as we move past, so it's back in the what was it,
3: life support? No, it was the cargo. Yeah, you're in the sort of the warehouse area. The warehouse area, yeah, sorry. Is Alabaster resisting this if you feel like zero one seven zero seven zero one try and pull the helmet away from you?
5: Nah, probably not. Okay, fine. Yeah.
3: So just make me a body check lid to just chuck it.
0: Cool. Would military training or athletics add to that?
3: I'd say athletics does.
0: I've just remembered that I have skills. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Might as well use them. Trying for competence. Ooh, I rolled a nine. You wanted strength, right?
3: Yes. If you roll a nine, it's a big pass, I think, regardless of your number. You grab this thing. You keep it in a scooping pattern. and You basically do what Alabaster was trying to do initially and just throw the helmet as hard as you can with the thing still inside it, just away from you.
0: If we are being pulled along by Carter... Can I use my second action to throw a frag grenade into that space as we are pulled
3: out? Of course you can.
0: Grand, I would like to do that.
3: Sure. I
0: don't know how I do that.
3: So that is a combat checklist.
0: Ooh, okay, 28, and that is under my 44. Yes. Oh my gosh, the competence. It is so worrying because it suggests things are going to bad.
4: How are you this competent without
0: drugs? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing the things I am trained for.
3: Don't do that. And equipped to do. What is your specific intent with this frag grenade?
0: I want to blow up the scary things. I do not want them to follow us. So as we go out the airlock, I would like, or we are distanced away. I think the frag grenade has, I cannot remember the radius, but I looked it up and it has a radius.
3: Yeah, it does. It's fine.
0: I want them to be pulp. I do not want to have the enemy behind me. I have military training. I'll have you know.
3: So the one that got crowbarred has just disappeared into the distance into the darkness even but you can see the helmet and the one that you shot initially are kind of close-ish you aim your grenade throw it expertly and it detonates just between the both of them and they're both consumed by well not a fireball but like a cloud of shrapnel effectively and you can see like the helmet is shredded and the one that was not in the helmet is it just disintegrates it was a very good throw and effectively done
0: turn around and I say acceptable
3: (laughs) I'm going to say we're out of combat now The situation is, grenade's just been thrown, Alabaster's kind of back to being okay, doesn't have darkness stuck on his face. I mean, I have a torn suit, presumably, because I got spiked. Yes, but we're not in a hard vacuum, so you're okay for now. And Carter is scrabbling at this door, trying to get the damn thing open. Open, 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 open. It's going to get open, it's going to open, and we will leave. You slam the button, it doesn't work, it like starts to open and then you just start kicking at the small gap and just force this door open. Inside you can see, you know, a more familiar hydroponics area that you know that is, again, absolutely destroyed, but there are enough plants that it seems intact. Not that this is your concern anymore. And then up and to the right, at a really, really unhelpful angle, you can see a patch with escape pod written on it. It looks like this thing hasn't fired, and you are in luck. There is an escape pod on the hilltop.
0: I will assist you.
3: Just trying to wrench it open. Not really.
4: Engineering and procedural training largely forgotten in favour of fear and
3: drug-fuelled panic. It's fair enough. Given we're out of combat, are you all working together to get yourself into that escape pod?
5: I'm not. Ooh. Oh, my God, Alex. Well, you two have it covered. You were an agent of badness all along. I am going to be... Did you say we're in our hydroponics, yeah? Yes. I'd like to be using my med scanner and my cybernetic diagnostic scanner to basically find out if we're all infected with something and shouldn't be allowed to escape. Okay. Make me an
3: intellect check while you're doing that. I imagine you're trying to be reasonably subtle about this.
5: I don't think I need to be too subtle with Carter. I am being subtle around Captain Competent over here. <laughs> make that roll. Keep it in the background for now.
0: Only competent at shoot. That's the
3: bit that scares me. <laughs> is 017 assisting Carter
5: in getting to the escape pod?
0: Yes, my job is to make sure that the biologics escape.
3: I am...
5: Hot garbage. I am just incompetent. I fail by like 20.
3: Inconclusive. Without a lab and some proper time, you're just going to be unable to do this because any infection will be very subtle. You can't just like widdly weep them and it will be like, bad. There's badness. Yeah, okay. So you can't just what? <laughs> widdly weep. Widdly weep, widdly weep. Sorry, it's a reference to like the Star Trek widdly weep machine that Spock has, which is just like, it does everything. It's just, he, he just widdly weeps and it's like, oh.
5: You oh. You're a tricorder. You're widdly weep. Yes.
3: 0170701 is assisting Carter in getting to the escape pod, yeah? Mm-hmm. Great. With Zero's help, you are able to clamber into the escape pod. As you open it, you take an additional two stress as a corpse falls out of it oh dear I'm going to stamp on it a few times sure you drop down and land on this thing to try and make sure that it's proper dead oh stamping with
5: mag boots that's got to be bad
3: yeah and this thing is in the same situation as you found the one in your crew quarters so it splatters and I think that is going to be a cause for a couple of stress for both Alabaster and 0170701 and a panic check from everybody
4: ha 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 17 I've done it.
3: I've done it. (laughs) You've done it? I've done it. 18, did it. 19. We're so
0: good at weird things.
3: Incredible.
0: I'm really sorry, Ben. It turns out we are fine.
4: Well, the thing is, this is neither squid nor dark, so I don't care. That's true.
0: No one's calling me a biohazard, so I do not feel personally attacked.
5: And none of this scenario has involved me giving a lecture wearing only my underpants, so I'm in the clear as well. (laughs)
3: There you go. Now remember, everybody reduced your stress by one for successfully passing a panic check. And yeah, this corpse has been turned into a paste, effectively. It was very, very decomposed. But it looks like somebody tried to escape and unfortunately died before they were able to hit the go button, effectively. Looking up into the escape hatch, it looks intact. It looks fine. It doesn't look like it's been compromised. And I go... Yep, you're clambering up again. Mr Carter...
0: You should allow me to assess the situation to determine what killed the former biologic.
4: Get in here, get in here, get in here, get in here. We're leaving. Dr Artichoke.
3: <laughs> is there enough space for more than one person for a start? This is a crew-based thing. Like, this is big enough. It's effectively a lifeboat, right?
5: <sighs> this, ugh, this is a terrible plan. Alabaster goes inside. Sure. It's clearly infected, and we're going down onto the planet with no... Ugh. Mm. That's my character contribution. Okay, so you, you reluctantly clamber in. I don't have a better suggestion.
0: I suppose if there's room, and I'm not going to be a drain on resources, 017 will also climb in and lock the door behind them.
3: Great, you lock the door. You hit the escape button. Obviously, this thing kind of programs itself, and yes, it fires out of the ship. And starts its descent towards the undesignated planet. The way these things work is it's got an oxygenator on it and enough food to last you for a little while. And it will send out a beacon where like a corporate reclamation team will turn up to try and get you and its assets out. I mean, if it's profitable,
0: supposedly.
3: Yes, assuming it's profitable. And yet as you look back towards the ship, you can see that both of them sort of overlaid on each other they were roughly the same size with the hilltop being a slightly bigger class than yours but its cockpit is entirely smothered with like this massive growth of sort of black mould effectively very lucky you didn't try and find like navigation or anything like that because assumedly it would have been a
5: bad idea that is a very bad munch I
0: feel so bad for Ben trying to create this horror setup.
5: <laughs> oh. He introduced the word. And all I did is explain that it's a multiverse unification, non causal generic event. All you've done is moved it in universe. Yeah. Yes,
3: yes. With an absolutely torturous acronym, which I respect.
5: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: So that is the situation you're in. Your ships are gone. You have no idea about this undesignated planet. It's undesignated because there is no information on it. And all you can do is hope that the beacon will bring a reclamation team before you starve.
4: Is this gonna be like the between Aliens and Alien Three where you like you just kill two of us in the crash before the next adventure? Just be like yes. oh in case you were wondering, Carter and Zero just died in the crash.
5: No, you're kidding me, it'd be the fleshy meat sacks. So we just get bounced around and then an android walks out.
3: <laughs> I was also gonna say, unfortunately, I think Carter has to die because we can't have two Pete Postlethwaite's in that film.
5: <laughs> uh yeah. I do need to ask one question though. Is Carter covered in living stuff or just generic gunk? Just because that lets me know the scale of just how awful this descent's gonna be. Oh, on well, his boots. Yeah. His boots are entirely coated with
3: this kind of black mould. In fact, all of your like legs are from wading through that drift. Oh, <laughs> we're
5: gonna die. We're gonna die.
3: He is still like
4: many hours of combat drugs away from a come-down
5: he's a combat enhanced infected and panicked beefcake engineer in a tight space oh god it's fine
4: that is outside the realm of the adventure we've succeeded alex we have survived the adventure it's a happy ending yep
0: happily ever after i'd say
5: you're the bad guy in the next film johnny
3: it's a happy ending well done You have got pretty much the best outcome that I would have allowed. So, you know, congratulations, everybody. Good job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, this Uh. is so bad. In many ways, it's more grim.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So what was the deal with the fungus and the munging? The mungus. I just basically nicked Event Horizon and made it mouldy. Like the hilltop somehow slipped into... Oh, mould hell. Yeah, it slipped into mould hell. Yeah, basically it's Event Horizon by way of Resident Evil 7.
5: (laughs) We're laying off that that gels quite nicely. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah, it was just a thing of like, unexplained event, some broad horrors. I was going to hit you with a zombified crew member. Adorable little squids. But we took too long sorting ourselves out. Well, I was going to hit you with a squid ratatouille. Ah, oh, that would have been fun. If you'd dealt with it, like it would have been sat on its head.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. about.
0: Oh, like limbo.
5: Time makes fools of us all. So as we descend to a planet then, literally sealed into a can of whoopass.
3: Yeah. Hold on. So the planet's actually fine. It's nothing to do with the planet. The planet is literally just another thing. Potentially a place for a second adventure. Who knows?
5: You're the point of infection, Johnny. You are the problem.
0: Running through the caves, away from the drugged up infection vector.
4: Yeah. It's all fine. (laughs) The adventure is over.
0: I will keep you alive, Dr. Artichoke, whether you like it or not.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's great
0: and horrible
5: line
3: i think on that note we're gonna have to just properly finish
5: oh thank you so much for that ben and what a line god
3: that was a lot of fun mate thank you
5: yes spooky
3: yeah solid system as well cannot recommend it enough oh just to remind everybody this is mothership rpg by tuesday night that's with a k tuesday night games yeah, it's good stuff. It's pay what you want on Drive RPG, and then you can buy additional modules for a fixed price. I haven't looked at them, but given the quality of the base book, they're probably a lot of fun.
0: This is cool. I, yeah, I want to play this again.
5: Anyway, we'll catch you all later. Goodbye. Bye, all. Bye. Bye. This episode is distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 international license. For more information, visit rustyquill.com, tweet us at the Rusty quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us at mail at rustyquill.com. Thanks for listening.
2: Hi everyone, it's Kareem, the voice of Simon Fairchild and the Eternal Tavern Keeper. Today, I'm here to tell you about Selene, a podcast recently launched on the RQ Network. Step into Selene, a city cloaked in darkness and teeming with horrors. From evil headmistresses to murderous marionettes, black worm parasites, haunted hotels, and eerie sleepwalkers, meet the paranormal investigators of Needle Street, newly arrived to battle the encroaching malevolence. Inspired by Poe, Edward Gorey, and Agatha Christie, their adventures promise twisted mysteries and unforgettable characters. Immersive audio brings the city to life, blending dark humor with bone-chilling suspense. Join the investigators as they navigate Celine's shadows, where mystery and intrigue await at every turn. Experience the thrill of Selene in Dolby Atmos, that's S-E-L-E-N-E, or visit www.rustyquill.com for more information.